Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Morning, everyone. Three past ten on a very wet and ordinary day here in Perth Town. We are on the eve of AFL finals here at Optus Stadium, Geelong and the Giants. More on that shortly. Big show coming up. And the producer to the stars, Chris Clafunas, special K. Hello, Kellogg's. Hello. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, nah, really good. Big show coming up. and. Yeah, a lot of people think that this is a one-man show, but I'd like to suggest that, um, well, it is, but at the end of the day, <laughs> someone has to put petrol in the tank and you are the uh, you are the guzzler. That's it. I'm uh, the attendant at the service station. <laughs> Remember, the, were you alive when they used to come out, put your petrol in, clean your windows, ask, check your oil? I don't think so. Oh, the good days. I've seen, I think, movies and TV shows that feature it, so maybe wasn't that long ago and you yeah. used to go up and you try and you and it'd be closed because they were never 24 7 yeah and they were closed and you go up to the window and you'd be trying to find there was a little <laughs> there was a little chalkboard and it said nearest roster so the petrol stations would take it in turn as to where the nearest oh, right. station yeah. was that was open after hours but then sometimes you'd go well i can't go back that one i don't think i've got enough petrol and there would be a people may remember this be a poster mm. and it would have all the suburbs and it have the roster and you'd have to go right up to the window <laughs> pitch black you couldn't see anything yeah. there was no lights left on there was no there was nothing they never service stations in those days never sold anything yeah they just gave you petrol yeah, and oil fuel. that's yeah. it uh, cigarettes and yeah, maybe chewing gum and you'd be looking and you'd be going uh, oh okay where's perth oh yeah. and you get in your car and you go Hmm. Have I got enough petrol to get there? Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> you never, you never had warnings. You never knew how far you had to run in your car. Yeah, <laughs> amazing days. A lot of people may remember those work. days. All guesswork. What have we got coming up? <laughs> Harry Taylor, Geelong legend. Going to chat about the finals coming up uh, this weekend. Of course, big game, big game for the Cats. Bit of East Frio chat as well from him. He's got sets. a local game, I think, coming up. Bit local of straight final. sets. Bit of straight sets action. Although I think Toby Green missing. Almost kills the Giants. Yeah, it'll be tough. Very, very wet, tough. If it's wet, now what's the forecast tomorrow? Look at cloudy for 16, 20%. If it is wet, mm. if I were the Giants, I'd be kicking the ball in, quick sticks, and making sure that it goes to ground. And I, I reckon their small forwards have the ability to uh, put pressure on the Geelong back line. Yeah. You know, All right. When the ball's below your knees, it's a bit more difficult to defend. Anyway, I, I go can ahead. get around that. They go can ahead. try the blitz while they're at it. <laughs> Damien Martin, <laughs> big time uh, racing horse owner. Big win for his uh, his horse, Red Fifty Three, yeah. yesterday at Belmont. There was a, there, there was an interview done by someone who works for Racing and Wagering WA. Yeah, 
Um, good fella, really good fella. Julio Santa, really. Julio, yeah. He's a good fella. Um, and I watched the interview that he did with him. Now, I stand corrected on this, Julio, if you are listening, or anyone connected to Julio or the interview. Yeah. Did he actually ask him about the name of the horse? <laughs> I I watched that same interview and I'm struggling to remember. Pretty if he sure did. he said, you know, he's an owner, but did he? Mm. I can't remember. Did he say the horse is named after this man? I, I can't ever rem- remember. Surely. Surely. Well, you will. That's for sure. When Damien Martin joins us a little bit later on this hour. BT on the, uh, um, what do they call it? Text 0487 oh, 736 736. BT, hey, Goss, the fruit barn at Donny still fill your car up and do your windscreen. There you go. There you go. Donny Brook, you're beauty. Yeah, my sister's got a property in Donny Yeah, nice. Great spot. Beautiful part of the world. Oh, yeah. Do you like apples? I love apples. Yeah, okay. That's all I know. Donnybrook. <laughs> it's too obvious. Haven't they got big apples, like yeah. plastic apples up on the yeah. poles in Donnybrook as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great place. Yeah. <laughs> is it? What else is there? <laughs> That's literally all I remember. <laughs> so it's nice is, and green and lush and they've got some nice apples on. Why is it a great place if you say it's nice it's and just green? just relaxing, beautiful country town. Is it? Yeah. Okay, cool. As I drive through. John O'Neill, <laughs> he was our guess who answer from yesterday, of course, the great man. Yep. Uh, Paul from Esperance got that one right. Yes. Paul will be picking up his carton of Albi in a couple of weeks' time when he's in Perth. Is he really? Mm, beer. There you go. <laughs> Tommy Randall from Tickford Racing. Yeah. Plenty going on, of course. Oh, there. yeah, was there? Uh, Kimmy Raikkonen. Yeah. How's my daughter, right? Yeah. She's doing, she's got three exams or three assignments due. She walks out of her bedroom this morning and she says, Dad, she's almost 21. <laughs> Dad. What's wrong, love? You have a problem. Kimi Raikkonen's retired. That's all she thought about. She is an absolute F1 nuffy. Yeah, I can tell. She loves it. Oh, that's great. We stay up all night watching it. She doesn't shut up. She goes, well, I keep talking because you keep falling asleep. (laughs) (laughs) It might have something to do with the talking. I did see a a good tweet about it saying, Kimi Raikkonen was very emotional when speaking about his uh, retirement, saying, I've taken this opportunity to announce my retirement. Yeah. He's very straight in line. He's so cool. He's right. I love him. And Riley Morgan, of course, the life of Riley will yeah. find some winners around the place. Yeah, look, we have man. got a huge show and we need your interaction. And to do same, because we had the Who Am I yesterday and we had a couple of people, Deborah from Bunbury, mm-hmm. who I think was at work and she didn't want to miss the opportunity of getting in. Goslotto! Oh! Woo! Here, Here we go. Money. Yeah. Here we go. Money Here we go. Talk. If you want to be in Goslotto, I've got a ticket in my hot little hand. Do you want to see the numbers? Please. Right, yeah. <laughs> For those that don't know, flash them up. Quick flash. Two, three. These are good. These are These are the winning numbers. Oh, you're beauty. Two, three, 19, 23, 27, 30, 35. Right. And we've got the power ball because it's a power pick. Of course. Every time. What? (laughs) What a bit of serendipity to get that winning ticket. How do we get our hands on this baby? Because you went back to the lucky spot. I did go back. I went to my local, to Grumpy Rod and Jen, who listened. Um, There it is. All right. Richard, Richard from Eaton. Now, this is not lucky lotto. It's done by the lovely Nay down at uh, Spirit. This is different. Goz Lotto. Goz Lotto or 
Goslotto because it's Thursday. Tuesdays is Goslotto. Okay, I get confused. (laughs) (laughs) Richard wants to be in it from Eaton. 0487 736 736. Costs you nothing to play. This is the winning ticket. Yeah, it'd be mad not to get in. Well, I mean, it's just a free hit. You're winning millions. 20 million. 20 million, yeah. Easy money! That's, right. That's exactly what it is. 0487 736 736 if you want to play. Huge show coming up. Harry Taylor, Damien Martin, the new owner of a racehorse that won yesterday. John and Neil, Tommy Randall talking all things motorsport. Riley Morgan. And we'll dissect Ross Lyon, who now looks like he's walking the plank when it comes to getting the job at Carlton. Things are made. At one stage, they approached him. and It was just a matter of the, uh, matter of the distance and the time. And now it looks like he's got to jump through hoops and uh, clear hurdles. Cheech's mate, Chong of Avely. Cheers, Sausage. That's Travis. He wants to be in the syndicate. Hi, Goss. Mully from Millbridge. Can you put me in the draw, please? I can, Mully. Um... Mick Clark from Bunbridge. There's a lot of people listening down on the Spirit Network. Yeah. We have a big audience down there, mate. Hello to everyone. Donnybrook, Bunbury. Yeah. Beautiful parts of the world. Bridgetown. Great. Love Bridgetown. Great location. My dad's from Bridgetown. So is my best mate. There you go. Small world. Hey? <laughs> Too small. <laughs> Hello to Bridgetown. 11 past 10, if you want to be in it. I'm not going to ask you all morning to join in. You've got to do it quick. 0487 736 736. If you've already entered earlier in the week for this syndicate, then you don't have to re-enter. We've got your name and number, and you've got to let us know where you're listening to, and you are in the syndicate. Hey, not far away, right around the corner, Harry Taylor, because uh, we are off to get a McCafe coffee. Try McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. A break. And Harry Taylor joins us shortly here on Sporting Goss. Friday night. It is Geelong taking on GWS here in Perth. Bizarre as it is, but it's going to be a ripping game and with a big crowd, which is going to be great for both teams. One man who knows what's about to be in finals action for the Cats is Harry Taylor, of course, and he joins us from his hometown up on the Crayfish Coast. Of course, he's preparing for his own preliminary final on the weekend, but I'm sure he'll be getting amongst the Geelong boys and having a watch as they take on the Giants on Friday night. Harry, are you excited for the Cats? Yeah, I am, mate. It's, um, it's very exciting for WA to uh, get the opportunity to watch some, some finals footy, albeit, um, unfortunately, we're out West Coast and Frio being there, but I mean, it's it's a great time of the year when there's finals on, and to have it in Perth is just unbelievable. It's uh, you know, one of those once in a lifetime type experiences that potentially the grand final, preliminary finals are all going to be played um, in the west part of Australia, which is very very exciting. They looked very weary against Port Adelaide last week, albeit it was in Adelaide, so it was a home game for the best part with a home crowd for Port Adelaide. But they looked weary, and you don't normally say that about Geelong. But to kick five goals in a final and so many good players down, it was hard to watch. Yeah, it was. I uh, like a lot of Cats fans probably were watching um, a little bit angrily on the t- watching at the TV, yelling a few things and whatnot. But um, I think uh, that it probably just haven't come in with great form, albeit were fantastic for probably um, half to three quarters against Melbourne. Um, but yeah, probably just looked a little bit flat to start the game. And unfortunately, statistics show in AFL footy if you're three goals down or thereabouts at quarter time, um, the chances of winning. Uh, Severely reduced, so uh, really important to go out and start well this week. And they can start well. Dangerfield down, Selwood down, Hawkins was down, Lockie Henderson was down. I mean, to have so many, Guthrie was down, so many good players down on the one night, you, that doesn't happen two weeks in a row when it comes to the Cats. No, it doesn't. Um, that's That's been one fantastic part of the Geelong culture. They don't lose too many games in a row, certainly don't lose 
too many big finals in a row, um, albeit we you know, haven't won the first one all that often, but certainly haven't lost the second one all that often either. So um, I guess that, that is a positive for the Cats fans out there. And I know the team, are, yeah, they're settled in well in their hotel. They're, um, you know, trying to prepare as best they can. I think they've been doing some training down at East Frio Oval, mm. which, is, uh, which is good for them. And, uh, yeah, they're probably enjoying some vitamin D, which you don't tend to get too much of over in Victoria this time of year. And you talk about East Fremantle, of course, well, they're, they're one of the four waffle teams in the competition, H, so they've probably got that winning that winning feeling around Shark Park. Yeah, they've been outstanding the last few weeks. Um, unfortunately, probably, you know, just going to miss out on the, or just missed out on the finals, but they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're sort of heading in the right direction. It's a new development happening on field mm. and probably off field as well, so um, some exciting times for the Shark supporters who have probably been uh, deprived of you know finals action, certainly um, big finals action for a long period of time now. Bit of a left field one for you, Harry. Harry Taylor, our guest, of course, we're talking about Geelong taking on the Giants. Bit of a left field one. There's speculation uh, surfacing that Brian Cook, who's about to depart, of course, Geelong after doing a wonderful job, and you would have had a lot to do with Cookie over the journey, and what a wonderful uh, uh, administrator he has been for the Cats. But speculation, his name's been linked to possibly being at Carlton, and do you think um, what would he bring? And and was he a, was he a player's CEO, or was he was there a distance between uh, the playing group and the front office? Yeah, he, he was a fan. I mean, a fantastic operator. Clearly, his his uh, uh, off field operations have been fantastic for a long period of time now across two clubs. Um, he probably wasn't um, you know that close to the players, albeit there's certainly a few that he had a pretty good relationship with. But would wander down to the footy department and. Um, you know, have a chat, really open and honest sort of guy. I could really easily talk to, to Cookie about anything. But um, would be on the flights most times to most of the games, you know, floating around in the cafeteria or the um, sort of bar area, wherever you do your food and, and, and stuff is. But, yeah, he, he's just a, a really smart individual who's very values-driven, and that's one thing that I certainly learned from him, the, the value of having great values and then actually bringing them to life. So... Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I hadn't, I hadn't heard about what he might do. I know he's, um, you know, pretty comfortable down the coast and loves his swimming and whatnot. So mm. as long as there's somewhere he can swim in the morning, yeah, um, he'll probably, <laughs> yeah, he, he might be a chance. Yeah, very true. And he gets across for the Rottnest Island swim most years as well. He's done that numerous times. Last one for you. Uh, whoever wins here on Friday night between Geelong and GWS, and I'm sure you'll be in the crowd cheering loudly. Um, can they make a dent? On the on the premiership, or do you think it might be a bridge too far, and we're still looking at sort of a Port Adelaide Melbourne sort of scenario? Yeah, that's what that's what it would seem like from afar. But one thing I know about finals, um, and certainly the last few, is just anything can happen um, in these bigger games. It, it seems one thing the AFL have done so well over the last probably five years, certainly um, the last part of my career, was just the evenness of the competition. Mm. I mean, this year we had teams fighting for the top of the ladder. We had teams fighting at the bottom end of the ladder. And then we also had right in the middle teams trying to make that sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth and tenth spot up. So um, all the equalisation measures that the AFL have worked really hard on, I think they're coming to fruition now. Um, And that carries over to finals. We saw Richmond lose last year. We lost against Port Adelaide and then... Uh, we both end up playing each other in the grand final. So um, I think it's uh, certainly uh, one of those times when anything is possible, regardless of where you are in the eight or where you are in the four, and you've just got to bring your best game and you've got to start big finals well. That's certainly one thing that is going to hold true for the next 150 years. No doubt. Who are the Rams playing in the preliminary final on the weekend? 
Uh, we've got railways who are a pretty good side. They're well drilled. And uh, Jared Garlett, who spent a bit of time in Perth playing for West Coast, and the back half of the year is likely to come back up too. So pretty exciting for GNFL footy. We've got some some good players running around, and um, yeah, it's been some great games for sure. It has been a wonderful season, and uh, you've had a big part of that. How many goals have you uh, snuck through? How many sausages have you scored this year? Uh, eighty, about eighty-three or four. A bit of controversy with uh, a couple of times who uh, who got put down, but um, yeah, with with East Rio and the state game and a few other things, I'll be around about ninety. So. Couple of hopefully a couple more games left, mm. and it'd be great to get close close to the hundred. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's great to have you back in to the imprint of WA football up there at the GNFL, and uh, of course uh, down at East from Allen and your role through the district as well. Appreciate your time, mate. Always good to chat, and uh, go the Mighty Cats on Friday night here at Optus Stadium. Thanks very much, Gus. Cheers. There's Harry Taylor joining us, Geelong legend. He knows all about winning and losing big games, and he is a superstar. And good luck to him on the weekend, and good luck to everyone up there on the Crayfish Coast as the Rams take on Railways. This is Sporting Goss. 24 past 10. Let's get our teeth into a few more of you who have texted in 0487 736 736. If you want to play for some money, here comes the money. Here we go. Money yeah. Talks. It's tonight. We're paying for $20 million, and I have the winning ticket. I don't know how that's come about, but they just said to us, hey, Goss, we think you've bought enough tickets for the Sporting Goss family. So uh, here's the winning one. Wow. Monaco looks good at this time of year. If I'm not here tomorrow, you know why, don't you? I'm out of here. Ticket, Gonski. Anyway, hey, Greg in Piara Waters. Good on you, Greg. He's listening. Fantastic. Um, Deborah, you are in. Charlie from Hocking, listening on the SENWA app. Ben of York. Uh, fantastic. Ben, yes, we've already wished him a very uh, all the very best. Thank you, Ben. Of course, Harry Taylor, we've, uh, we'll pass that on. G'day, Goss. Great show, mate. Can I please go in the draw? Cheers, Craig from Bustledon. If you tell me it's a good show, Craig, you are definitely in. And if anyone else wants to play, Steve wants to play from Eaton Sporting Goss. Good on you, Steve. Listening down there on SEN Spirit, which is fantastic. Alrighty, this is the draw tonight. It's really us versus it, but we've got the winning ticket. So now he's got Lucky lot, lot, Lotto with Dave and Julie Rogers down at Eaton Fair. And they do sell, I think they've sold 13 first of 13 Division 1 winners, yeah. And Dave is a very good listener of SEN, the whole, the whole Rogers family down there. Been there a long time. But, Dave, I didn't buy my ticket from you because it's a little far to go, but I went to my local. Brad from Geraldton, let's have a win this week. Okay, Brad, no worries, mate. Don't worry about putting the pressure on. I've told you we've got a winning ticket. Anything more than $500, which I'm pretty sure it will be. And Brad is in Geraldton, of course. He would have uh, loved that interview there with Harry Taylor. Gary and Tim this morning. Gary's over here. Tim's over there. And they spoke about Ross Lyon no longer being a lock for the Carlton coaching job. Here they are from SEN this morning in Melbourne. So Ross Lyon's no lock for the Carlton job, which is which had been widely not reported that he had the job, but he was very much at the top of the list. But if you read that and you read the appointment mm. and the six, then then they are at they're at base level one. My reading is that um, he had had conversations ongoing with Luke Sayers over a period of time, okay, dating back before yes. last Friday, okay, yes. and last Thursday night, whenever Luke Sayers, he came on our show, said that he'd had those conversations. I mean, clearly there'd been other conversations before that, right? I think because of 
what Ross said on Footy Classified, sort of like the week previous, when he said, look, it's Al Clarkson's job if he wants it, but then he gave the impression I'm clearly in the frame after that. So he'd been well, given... To the point where he started talking about assistant coaches. That's right. So he'd been given some sort of, not necessarily yeah. assurance, but some impression that he was in line to be the coach. Now, something has changed behind the scenes. There are people probably there that are saying, hang on, we've got to go through a process. We can't do this. You can't just go and appoint a coach. So there seems to be some sort of division there in terms of the way they needed to go about this. And so the next question is, okay, if there is a process to be undertaken, and, and Ross is saying that he doesn't know what that is and he wants clarity and hopefully he'll get that today, is he, Ross, prepared to go through it? I don't know because he also went on to say, I've just grabbed bits and pieces from what he said last night, right? He said, I've had 13 years of auditions. That's what he's saying. What, what, else, do you need, what else do you need to know about me? Then he found out that uh, Carlton people had been backgrounding him too. He said, do you know, what is it that they don't know about me? It's all out there. My record's already out there. But then he also went on to say, look, I've got great chemistry and connection here at, at Carlton. He thinks that you know, he's the right mm. connection, the right chemistry to be able to go there and be the coach. So it is. So it's, it's, it's a it's, little bit – It's if he, in his mind, I'll, I'm not talking for him, but you're right. He had been given the impression where he sat in terms of the pecking order. And we're going – we're not, we're not, we're not, yeah, this is not hearsay. This is, this is him talking yes. on Footy Classified. And I'm sure the way this has played out, him having to go up there in front that show every Wednesday and be on the media, it doesn't really serve his purpose that well at the moment because he's actually forced to talk about something that I'm sure he would prefer not to be making any public comment about. Yeah, and we know that he – he said that he wasn't interested in Collingwood because of the so-called division there. Yes. He's now got a member of the coaching subcommittee and the CEO, Kane Little and Brad Lloyd, whose jobs haven't been guaranteed, Who and, and while, at the same time whilst discussions are being had with Brian Cook. That's right. From the, from the Geelong Football Club. And he also fell out with Brad Lloyd at the time that Brad Lloyd was at... Fremantle as one of the administrators. It's no longer a captain's kick a pick because the board has pushed back on Luke's line. Is absolutely no certainty anymore. So I think that's a good read. I think yeah. Luke Sayer has, has looked at it and said, "Yep, you're my man." Forty-five minutes private chat back. You know this is you know, and all of a sudden they've gone. Hang on, some of the board members have said, "No, we, we need a process here," and that's where it sits right now. That's that my best take on it. Tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no, here we come. Here we come. Oh no, here we come. Yeah, the Wildcats on the prowl. Yeah, the Wildcatties. Oh, aren't we excited about what they're doing there? One man who's pretty excited is Damien Martin, retired championship legend of the world. Wow, wow, cats. He's going to join us after 10 30, but it's a little left field for Mardo. Because there was a horse racing yesterday at Belmont called Red 53, and it, my ears pricked up. He rigged, they did. I said, Red 53? That's got a ring about it. And then I had a look. I saw a photo. And guess who's in the ownership of Red 53? 1D Martin, the firm of Wildcats. Captain, here we go. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to chat with the owner, 2% of Red 53, after the news. 
We love our news. It's time for the news break. We're off to get him a cafe coffee. This is Sporting Goss. Red 53 headed off Nitro Fred. Minor addiction from Ruley on the outside. Red 53, minor addiction, is trying to haul it in with 100 left to go. Just a mini further back making ground. Red 53, minor addiction. Ruley, just a mini, but it'll hold them all off. Red 53. Red 53, the newcomer beat minor addiction. Ruley, and on ah, the outside. Ah, Red 53. You do the sums. Uh, what's the Red 53? It is the Wildcats 53. Red 53. Warns for many years by the multiple championship winning skipper in Damien Martin. A horse named after him, but not only that, he's a part owner and he joins us on Sporting Goss. I could hear <laughs> I could hear you yelling from the stands yesterday. I could hear you yelling. <laughs> it was very exciting. I was out there at Belmont with my cousins, uncles uh, and friends of the other part owners of uh, Red 53. And yeah, it was very <laughs> exciting. So it's first up and uh, to get the win with its first attempt was fantastic and what a lot of fun it was. Even money favourites so gee, I know you're I know you're wealthy and I know you've got three or four houses and you're in real <laughs> estate and you've drive fast cars and you've got multiple properties in Eagle Bay and Smith's Beach and Peppermint Grove. How much of this horse do you own? Mate, you must have been looking up the cricketer. Uh, unfortunately <laughs> when it's for the basketball Damien Martin, I'm only I think I've only got like two percent and I bought my father in law who's nicknamed Mad Dog. I bought Mad Dog 2% as well. So uh, between us, we're very small owners of Red 53. But to go out there, it's mainly about the banter, to be yeah. honest. Uh, the week in the build-up to it was just fantastic. A lot of laughs with my cousins uh, and friends. And then I've got two uncles over on the East Coast who are involved in it as well. So, yeah, plenty of fun to be had. And you better believe whether it's running in Pinjara, Belmont, Ascot, wherever it may be, I'll be there cheering it along. It's with Grant and Alana Williams. Now, I didn't know this, but you've uh, since, or I don't know whether it's just since you've had the horse, but you've always taken the kids down there to their property and pony riding and getting around the stables. How long has this been going on? Yeah, they've been brilliant. So Grant and Alana are friends with my cousins and they've had ownership in Grant and Alana's trained horses for a number of years now and had quite quite a bit of success. So when I retired, I finally said, yep, I'll get in on the syndicate. But for about oh, five, six years, I've taken family down there, whether it's dad visiting from interstate or my daughters wanting to get down and ride the ponies. They've been absolutely brilliant. And Alana in particular, she comes along to a lot of the Wildcats games and they had success with a horse they named Red Army years ago yes. uh, after the supporters of the Wildcats. So, yeah, it's great to combine the love for both basketball and horses and my girls in particular. They reap the rewards because every time we take them down there, Grant and Alana spoil them rotten and they get to see the big race horses and then jump on a pony and be led around. Uh, genuinely, though, and you talked about the banter and I, and I get all that, how much of a buzz was it? Because, I mean, I've, I've had shares in horses and, you know, not many winners, but it is just a thrill. You actually get quite nervous, even if you're only, even if you're not a punter. Uh, you, feel like you're, you feel like you're in the Melbourne Cup and all you are in a midweek maiden at Belmont Park on a wet, on a wet Wednesday. <laughs> you're exactly right. The funny thing was I went from an appraiser with my work colleague and then when we finished, he just assumed we were heading back to the office. And I said, oh, actually, can you drop me at Belmont? I've got to go watch a race. <laughs> and you get there and there might have been 100 people total uh, at, at the track. But, you know, you go and see the jockey beforehand. You go and give the horse a pat you know, an hour before the race. The whole build-up to it was just fantastic. And then it wins. And, yeah, you turn around, you embrace your, your cousins. You're all giving high fives. You'd swear we'd won the Melbourne Cup. But uh, it was brilliant. And then all of a sudden we get back 
uh, <laughs> into the grandstand and we sit down and without even watching the replay, we're like, this is it, guys. This is the next Winks. This is going the Cox Way. <laughs> like, uh, we're talking it up as if it's the greatest horse who ever set foot uh, on the racetrack. So, no, it, it is about the bands. And then in particular, my uncle, who, uh, like I said, named it, he's in lockdown in Penrith. Uh, for him to be at his house watching the race, knowing that during 10 weeks of lockdown, this would have put a smile on his face. Uh, it's all that. It's who you're doing it with, not just the result itself. And yeah, it's been, it's been a great 24 hours. And you better believe I'm already that guy that's trying to order the photo finished to have framed and put up nice. in the house. And I can't wait for my wife's reaction, which is like, you're kidding, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> You've got that much memorabilia and all the, all the, all the Wildcats <laughs> tops come down, the championship <laughs> rings and all. It's a picture of Red 53 right there. <laughs> Right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> hey, um, just on a basketball note, of course, uh, uh, Victor Law has been signed by the Wildcats. You would have seen a bit of him last year before he got injured, but we've spoken to him on Gillian Goss here on SEN, and uh, he sounds like a real good dude, and he, he sounds confident, and he sounds like a good fit. Yeah, great pickup. It's always going to be hard to replace someone like a John Mooney, who was a first-team All-NBL. The reality is, they need someone that can rebound and score, and that's Vic Law. So Mooney was probably a better rebounder just going off last season comparing the two. But Vic Law is as a flat-out scorer. He'll be one of the best players in the league if he stays healthy next season. And he'll just compliment Bryce Cotton really well. So instead of a lot of pressure being on Bryce to put the ball through the basket, now you've got Bryce, Todd Blanchfield and Vic Law, all legitimate scorers and go for 20-plus on any given night. So oh yeah, I'm wrapped with the, the selection of bringing him over here. And we still have... Another import spot to fill, which will go to another big man. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see who they put on there. Absolutely. And what about the coach, uh, Scott Morrison and uh, and Danny Mills? Uh, tell you what, uh, the new ownership, and may I declare our hand here, they own this radio station, uh, <laughs> but th- they look like they've uh, not left any stone unturned to carry on the great work of Jack Bender. Yeah, I agree. They're going to just expand the brand. You know, obviously, SEN has a lot to do with regional networks as well. So I think the Wildcats brand is going to expand throughout the the state yep. and have more of a hand in doing some clinics uh, statewide opposed to mainly just the metropolitan areas. And Danny Mills, who you mentioned earlier, he was just a great pickup. A lot of experience in the NBA. He's a WA boy. He lives and breathes basketball. And, you know, day one, you can tell his connections with the NBA have already paid dividends by bringing in a big-time assistant coach who, uh, you know, and assigned him to a three-year deal. So Danny Mills' appointment uh, as the head of basketball operations has already, you know, been rewarded by the selection of Scott Morrison, albeit the name. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, can't wait for both of them to get out of, out here and, and, you know, put the boys to the test and see what they're going to produce on the court. Now, I know you've hung up the boots, but your other mate uh, is into the grand final in the NBL One West uh, competition, uh, G Hire, uh, just chugging around the old fella and got himself into the grand final. That's fantastic. I was watching the game. Uh, I went and saw him live, and then I watched the game just uh, at home on the computer. And between Greg Hire and Tommy Jervis, the old running mates out there again, I think they played some junior state teams together. They're, they're great mates off the court. And there they will be on Saturday night against Perry Lakes, who uh, will go to the game favourites. But, yeah, I can't wait to see what uh, G. Hire does. And he's an emotional man, so I dare say if they can pull off Rockingham's first ever <laughs> championship, there could be a few tears flowing and plenty of selfies to boot. And it'll make the four-hour drive there and back for training a couple of times a week uh, well worth it, I'd, I'd imagine. He clearly doesn't own a map. He lives in Edgewater. What's he thinking? But, I know. Uh, yeah, I a lot know. of time spending the car between those two. I think Tommy's even further north. I think Quinn, 
Quentin Rock or somewhere like that. So, yeah, they, uh, they're getting to know each other pretty well in the car. Congratulations on Red 53. Um, if you were to uh, predict a, another race, uh, what of the owners, what of the other owners and what have the trainers said next start? Um, as you said, I know you're eyeing off the Cox Plate, possibly the Melbourne Cup and probably over there at Royal Ascot um, somewhere on, on the big day, maybe a black caviar type moment. Um, where are we going to see Red 53 and the band of uh, very, very scruffy owners? <laughs> oh, look, I think they want to see how it pulled up today and then try and race it in about a fortnight's time. But we wanted to get some odds. So if anyone's listening out there, mate, this thing's a donkey. It got <laughs> first up. Don't get behind it. Back everything else but ours. <laughs> Shooter McGrady was the jockey. He's a good fellow and he does listen to the show. I just tell, I won't tell him to pull it up next start because that would get him about six months jail. But anyway, we know what you're talking he about. He was great. He, he was, was good. He's a good fella. He's a good fella. Hey, appreciate your time. Congratulations on it. Red 53, Damien Martin. We'll be in touch when the season is about to start. Thanks for joining us, Legend. My pleasure. Cheers, mate. There he is, Damien Martin. Red 53 at Belmont. It was huge. And Damien Martin, a little shareholder, but tell you what, isn't it great to have someone of his uh, brand and his name pumping up the uh, sport of Kings? Always gamble responsibly. This is Sporting Goals. Currently 10.2 degrees, and with the fact is that some of that cloud cover is moving on, it is starting to get a tad chilly. So it's uh, dropped a couple of degrees in the last 20 minutes or so. Stay safe on those roads and drive with your headlights on if you are heading up and down the highway, wherever you are heading into the southwest. Stay tuned to SENWA, heading for top of 14 degrees. Tomorrow, 16. Don't forget the SEN app. If you go to the footy tomorrow night and you come into the stadium, the SEN stadium app, all you have to do is have the SEN app on your phone and just about, I don't know, 10 minutes before, 12 minutes before, You'll see uh, the app will dial up and it'll have the Giants and Geelong logos. You tap that, play-by-play, play, no delay. All the other stations, they've got gimmicks and buffers and uh, doesn't stay attached. can sometimes be a couple of minutes out. But with us, it is play-by-play play using the Wi-Fi of the stadium. So you're not even using your own Wi-Fi, which is absolutely brilliant. And you can hear the action play-by-play, Kicks, marks, handball, stats, injuries, updates around the grounds, anything else. And Paul Hazelby, who provides the best special comments in the state and uh, very much underrated as a uh, broadcaster. And in particular, his knowledge of the game is our man, Paul Hazelby. Well, no real surprise uh, that yesterday's announcement came through that Craig McRae, and we had the announcement of him being the new coach of the Collingwood Football Club. He's done about a 14 to 15 year apprenticeship in various forms around the competition and in various states. He was a multiple winner of premierships up there with the Brisbane Lions. They call him the Fly. Fly. And he, um, well, he had a fair bit to do with, uh, of course, Justin Lepich, who is in the system, then out of the system as the coach of Brisbane and then involved down at the Richmond Football Club. He ventured into media, including here at SEN, did Justin Lepich. Well, Craig McRae was asked this morning on Waitley about Justin Lepich and the possible coaching panel that he'll form going forward in the future. This is one of the most exciting things about the, the opportunities is the ability to bring in the best team around you. Um, and, and Graham Wright's given me the, the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, Justin is someone that we were interested in. We're working through that. But I, I said to the board, I'd, I want a diverse group. I, I've, I've been in environments where the coach wants like-minded and, I, and I'm the opposite. I want the opposite of that. You know, I'm, you know, whether they're happier than me or sadder than me or they're better at this, I'm not intimidated by someone with a better resume. Um, so we're, we're in the process of doing that. 
I want, um, you know, I know LEP is really different to me in terms of strategy. I want someone else's the opposite in, in other areas. And um, so I can sit in the middle and then allow people to do the best version or be the best version of themselves. And it is exciting building a team around me. And um, yeah, I think we're, we're sort of in the middle of the process. And hopefully in the coming weeks, you'll see, see that work come, come through. Yes, well, that's Craig McRae, the new coach of Collingwood, announced yesterday. But when it was announced that he was coach of Collingwood, he had to explain this to his daughter at home. He didn't get the reaction he was hoping for. I've got a little, little Charlie. She's a five-year-old and a beautiful little girl. and um, She's just fallen in love with Hawthorne really quickly and, and Clarko. And, and uh, my partner said to, to little Charlie, she goes, um, oh, Dad's going to be the coach of the Magpies. And, and then she goes, oh, I wish it could have been Clarko. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Ah, they keep you grounded, don't they, those young children? Stephen Cornelio is the captain of GWS. He's in Perth for tomorrow night's big clash with the Cats, and there's all sorts of talk about his future with the Giants. There's even talk that he could be traded. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I'm not going not gonna to lie and say that I haven't, you know, heard, you know, uh, you know a lot of the talk or speculation, I think, for, uh, for me, um, you know, obviously all false, and for, for me, um, you know, my... No, not even commitment, but love for the club and love for the community and, and what we've been able to achieve and, and build so far over my tenure. Obviously, made a massive commitment to the club and nothing changes on my end. Of course, it's been a, you know frustrating, uh, you know, twelve months for for me that the last one and not being able to get out there and, and contribute, but have to do it in different ways um, off field and, and trying to you know come back from this latest injury for this final series, but. You know, for me, nothing changes. Um, you know, I love the club and, um, you know, can't wait for, for you know, this Friday, but for the future ahead for us. He's a very upbeat man, is young Stephen Cornelio. He's had his battles, um, but uh, he's back in charge and the uh, captaincy wheel of the GWS Giants and uh, he'll be better for the run. He's had a couple of runs now uh, and he'll be better for those runs as he goes into tomorrow night's final against Geelong. If you want to be part of, this is the last call. The last call for tonight's, where's the ticket? Oh, here it is, the winning ticket. I've got the winning Powerball ticket for tonight, everyone, $20 million. I don't know how I've come into, uh, I know. Thank you. I know. Anyway, I've got 2, 3, 19, 23, 27, 30, 35. We've only got a handful of spots left. We've been inundated with anyone who wants to be in the draw. Love a bit of Goss Lotto, says Troy. Nice work by you. Brad from Jero. Yes, you're in, Brad, of course. Uh, so many people want to get involved. Tell us who you are and where you're listening. Love to get some new names as well. If you're driving, pull over. Text 0487 736 736. And I'm telling you what I'm going to do. Are you near the phone? Are you manning the phone? 131255. The next person, or sorry, the first three people that call... 13, 12, 55, get two entries. Yep, two entries. 13, 12, 55, the great Chris Clefunas will take your call. If you haven't already entered the Powerball Goss Lotto Syndicate, anything more than $500 that we win tonight, and we know we're going to win first division. So anything, so we're going to divide up the 20 mil. If you want to be in it and you want two Two pieces of the pie. Thirteen, twelve, fifty-five. Ring now. We'll get a breakaway. This is Sporting Goss. Coming up after eleven o'clock, John Anir. He was our Who Am I yesterday? 
Tom Randall from Tickford Racing. Riley Morgan, the life of Riley. Get your pen and paper ready because he has got some winners and he has been the hottest tipster in town when it comes to Saturday racing at Belmont. 3 to 11. Chris Clafunis is here. We're trying to find some money. Here comes the money. Yeah. Here we go. Money. That's what we're doing. Here comes, comes the money. money, money. <laughs> dollar, now, we did put it out there. Now, clearly our listeners have been hoarding the phone number, 13 12 55, <laughs> because we get a lot of calls, 13 12 55, for people wanting to change their insurance, mm. to uh, buy tickets to the movies. COVID vaccination COVID vaccination helpline. Help line. We've had them all, but they have all know the number now, 13 12 55. Tell us who called to be a part of Goss Lotto and tonight's winning ticket. Dwayne from Bunbury. Dwayne from Bunbury. Two entries. Gavin from Dunsborough. Gavin from Dunsborough. Two entries. Damien from Parkerville. Damien from Parkerville. That's right. The Damien from Parkerville. Two entries. And we we're feeling generous, so we gave a couple more as well because the yeah, line's yeah, bring up. Bring it, bring it. Brad from Bunbury. Brad from Bunbury. Two entries. And Deb from oh, Bunbury. Oh, Deb. Deb had her credit card stolen and maxed out, I'm led to believe. Really? Yeah. So she said she, needs she, a lot of numbers. she could do with the lot of numbers. Well, Deb, we've got the winning ticket here. Oh, look, I don't want to get people's hopes up. Bottom line is the ticket is in my hot little handy. 2, 3, 19, 23, 27, 30, 35, and we know we've got the power ball because we've got the power pick. Good numbers. Wow. Long yeah. list here. Yeah, long list. So it's now closed? Um, yeah. What well, do you want to keep going? <laughs> Liliana. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stopped halfway through. Lil and Sharon Stone from next door would like to be involved. Paul from Margaret River. Paulie. He'd be mowing a lawn down there somewhere. Surely. And that's what he does for a living. Is it, well, then definitely sure, surely. He's a groundsman. <laughs> Mower man 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Legitimate grass down there in Margaret River. <laughs> Beck is on the app. Hello, Beck. You can be in a syndicate. It's a good syndicate, isn't it? See, all of a sudden, people, word got out that we've got the winning ticket. It's really good. And now they want to be a peak. So a peak. many names. Imagine the front page of the West tomorrow. Sporting Goss lands first division. Buys Wildcats off SCG. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it now. Oh, that's it. These are some good numbers. Very, very lucky people entering. Yeah. I'm just going to put my name down the bottom yep. here as well. I'm in. I'm allowed in. That discussion will be had in due course. <laughs> News is next. And after that, John Anea. Who are you? Who am I from yesterday? Welcome back to Sporting Goss on this Thursday. Very wet and bleak Thursday ahead of the finals action here at Optus Stadium. Of course, uh, something we've introduced over the last couple of weeks is who am I? And We've tracked down our guests on Who Am I? We had Ben McKinley last week, of course, who was the leading goal kicker of the West Coast Eagles and now doing good things in the law region over there in Victoria. And yesterday's hints were the, as follows. I played more than 150 games. I retired before I was 29, just played for three clubs. My first game for my first club was actually eventually up against my second club. And my first game for my third club was against my uh, was also against my second club, if that all makes sense. I played for three clubs. In one game, I had 37 touches, kicked five goals against North Melbourne. I didn't get a Brownlow medal vote. And then I have the story about running home. The answer, and many of you got it yesterday, was John Ania, and he's been kind enough to join us. J.A., blast from the past. Thanks for joining us. 
Yeah, look, uh, not nice to catch up. <laughs> so, J.A., did you know that your first game for Collingwood in the a- VFL back then, AFL, uh, VFL, yep. was against Richmond? And your first game yep. for West Coast was against Richmond? No, no, I didn't realise that. So that's uh, <laughs> I'll tuck that one away. <laughs> so you yeah, book it, you bookended no, no, the that, Tigers. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember the first game at Collingwood. I'd sort of um, I'd been out for most of the year with a shoulder reconstruction, and uh, and I think Tommy let me loose with about ten minutes to go, and I ran into a bloke called Rod Oborn, who oh, was a yeah. rich fella, and then subsequently had a couple of weeks um, on the on the sidelines. So it was a little bit unruly. So my poor uncle came all the way over from Kalgoorlie to watch this game and and saw my 10 minutes and one kick and then getting reported. So it wasn't the greatest start. I hear all these other guys that come out and, you know, their first kick's a goal. Mine was quite the opposite. Yeah, you, yeah. Got, the one, you got the one kick in that game. I, I saw that. Uh, and, one free, yeah. and one free kick against. Was that the, was that the incident? I think it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very hey, costly. Hey, J.A., yeah. in, in 1982, and I, I go through the bizarre stats, John O'Neill, our guest on Sporting Goss, there was a couple of games that you played in your second year with Collingwood, and I go to Footscray round three, and then I go down further to round 18 against Essen. Have a listen to this. Against Footscray, you gave away six free kicks, and I would have thought, well, gee, six free kicks, that's, that's tough going. Then go down to Sydney, round 18, you gave away eight free kicks in a game. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not good, is it? <laughs> Well, I can't really. Were you I a can't tagger? really put any self penance on. Yeah. Now I, I got to say there was a lot of useful exuberance in those days, and um, <laughs> and and mind you, mind you, like we did to McKenna and Worsfold, us older guys, um, I was a little bit prone to be wound up, and um, <laughs> um, the likes of Magro and Worthington were always ones to get into our ear to go a bit harder, mm. and. Um, we thought we had to please those sorts of fellas because they were sort of pretty hardcore units. And um, anyway, it was very costly. Uh, so, well, uh, it, yes. But uh, it was a pretty pretty tough find, that one, because Tommy, um, who'd made such an impression on us fellas, um, you know, as a coach, yeah, because he was sort of so fit and being in the gym, mm-hmm. this is Tommy Hafey. And then sort of mid-season, there was a coup. And uh, poor old Tommy, you know, the, the older players are just, sort of got a bit star with his training methods. And uh, so, yeah, so there was a mid-season coup. And um, so it sort of rocked the place a bit because uh, he'd really left a, a real impression on all us younger fellas, you know, for, for years to come. And um, anyway, they sort of put in a, the second coach, Miku, and for a bit and then got a guy called John Cale um, over from Adelaide. Um, yeah, so it's a bit, bit of an up and down time there, but a great club. Hey, Jay, you never played a single finals game, you know, in more than 160 no. games. No, no, you're right. And uh, uh, the where I missed out was was with West Coast, and um, that was in our second year with Toddy. And um, at the Western Oval again, I pulled a, I ruptured a pec muscle, so that's your, your big chest muscle. Yep. I sort of did a tackle and uh, felt this ping go in my chest and it was the most unusual feeling. And um, I couldn't sort of lift my arm. So it wasn't like a dislocated shoulder, but all of a sudden I sort of put my hand up and I had literally had a boob because everything had just sort of recoiled. Mm. And um, I think the week after was the finals, the, the first finals West yep. Coast were in. And um, 
where we just got, well, that was the infamous sort of point just at the very end of the game there where Melbourne pipped us. Yeah, so that was just a bit of a, just a, an unlucky unlucky sort of um, timing, I guess, to have that sort of injury. Talk about your footy journey and when you obviously came back to West Coast, you, you were an inaugural West Coast Eagle. You'd been at Richmond and were a big part of what the Tigers had done. I think you'd played every game in 86 Mm. West Coast is formed. Um, how how keen were you to get back? We know Glenn Dinning and Wiley and the like are, had all sort of uh, sort of got gigs there. Uh, were you a part of that? So you're obviously part of that troop that came back to help set up the West Coast Eagles. Yeah, look, it was a bit of a funny one because I, I was sort of um, a bit of a last add-on. Um, I, I'd resigned myself that I, I was going to stay in Melbourne um, and I'd started physiotherapy there. And um, so, so I had a house all set up. Um, so I was really resigned there just to keep playing at Richmond. And it wasn't, uh, but always, and not really thinking there, there was that opportunity to move back. And then Mossy rang um, and just said, look, we, we, we're dying to, we just need one more older guy um, and you'd fit the bill. Um, would you think about it? So yeah, it was a bit of a tough one because I went back to Richmond and said, look, this, this is, sort of in reverse I guess you sort of say look would you mind if I could head home um this is my chance to get home otherwise and I think I sort of did them a bit of a favor because unbeknown to me I think they'd, they'd they were in a bit of financial strife and um um so so yeah look it, it all was just quite a seamless thing I they, they said look we'll let you go um and I had the, the chance then to come back and sort of you know, playing a state where my brothers and my parents live. So that, that was a nice way to finish things off. It was, certainly was. Now, just, uh, I know, uh, you, can, you, can you cut to the chase and a story that you always get asked about, the, walk, the run home from the airport. Now, I've read quotes and I've heard different versions. I think Bluey throws a bit of mayonnaise on and Warsfold and a few of the other boys <laughs> throw mayonnaise on. When was it? It was after a Geelong game, I've read. Was that towards was. the back end yeah. of your career? Uh, no, no, it was at the start. It was start. at the start. So I, I was, you know, that was with Ron and um, I was vice captain, and, but I played a shocker. And uh, and um, so, yeah, look, I, I, I was in the midst of physio exams in those crazy days. They used to load up about 15 exams in a term. <laughs> it was just stupid. And so so my brain just exploding with all that stuff. Then, then we went down to Geelong and and I had a shocker. And um, so Ron took me off. I sat there and froze. And then the bugger put me on with about five minutes to go. And on the departure from the field early on when he took me off, I'd sort of did a bit of an unruly thing. And uh, so that player met me as I came back on and his brother. So a big stink started. The Simon finished. It was freezing cold. And I, I think I had about a half a dozen looks umbrellas launched at me so I sort of went back into the rooms feeling like there was no love at all from Ron and anyone else sat on the plane and this just stewed up on me and uh, sometimes I'd sort of go for a bit of a run after games just to sort of clear the air but um, I didn't I miscalculated but I didn't realize my home was 21k from the airport (laughs) so (laughs) and it wasn't until there was a bloke called Tom Stanley lovely bloke yeah Um, he spotted me running over the causeway in this the white business shirt, eagle shorts on and socks, and he thought that's that's a bit unusual. So he parked the, his car at the brewery, thinking, I think that's who it is. Anyway, he hailed me down at the brewery. He said, "What are you doing?" 
And I said, look, don't worry, Tommy, I'm fine. Um, and I wasn't far from home. And then the next minute, he's parked up near the university where that <laughs> where that, sh- that fish outlet is often yeah, parked that yeah. van on weekends. Yeah. So he's, so then he's just making sure I was going to get home and I just waved and, and then it all started from there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, a bit, yeah it, it was just one of those shocking days and I didn't know what to do to sort of get a bit of steam out. So. I've tracked it down. You know, round, it be, round 12, yeah. Geelong, 1987. You had 14 disposals. I think you might be talking about the Cameron boys, or the Geelong brothers. Is that the... no the Hocking? The oh, okay. Boys. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was Steve, Steve and Buddha. Now, interesting. Interesting enough. The following week, you picked up thirty touches and three Brownlow votes in a win over Fitzroy. Well, there you go. There's no such thing as overtraining. Better <laughs> tell these exercises. You can do a half a marathon after a game, then you'll come up nice and sprightly. The ah, next week. very true. John and yeah. our guest on Sporting yeah. Goss. J.R., what's your interest in football nowadays apart from watching? Well, it's interesting. Um, I, what, I, what I've sort of just in the phase of completing is I've gone back and looked at my interest is breeding bulls and cattle. So I've got a little place down at Bustleton where I do that, and I've been doing that for a while. But when you buy a bull, there's about 24 measurable attributes about the bull you know it's it's weight it's birth weight it's believe it or not you you run a tape measure around it's um it's family jewels there's lots of measurements anyway so i thought i'm going to sort of try and look at coaches in the last four years when i started playing in 1980 and we've we've sort of created about 24 measurable things of a coach and We've looked at then the premiership coaches and seeing what stands out compared to all the other coaches that have coached over the years. So that's been a like a that's my own involvement footy, putting together this sort of sort of data and about to sort of you know um, you know piece it together. So it's really interesting, you know, looking at um, you know coaches, you know, from a what we've worked out is that there's a window of about five years. If you're going to be a successful premiership coach, it'll happen in five years. That, that's the that's the average. And a couple of other interesting one is the majority of the successful coaches um, have all been premiership players. Now you take Clarkson, Williams, and Beveridge out. If you look at the last twenty years, you know that's about you know fourteen of them have all been premiership. Um, um, players. So this is why we sort of did some predictions this year and this is why Goodwin really stacks up. You know, he's played uh, a number of games that suffices this criteria. He's been a premiership player and he's around about his fifth year. Um, Yeah, so so this has been sort of quite an interest, not sort of being around the Eagles anymore, um, but it's just sort of putting together this little this um, data and just see if there's a bit of a trend that comes of it. Well, now you've talked about the bull and now you've talked about coaches. You're not running the tape measure around the crown jewels of the coaches as well. Isn't <laughs> yeah. have, I, have I missed well, something here in translation? No, the only, the only, <laughs> no, the only thing that really gets close to that is um, that there's a correlation with the crown jewels. The majority of successful coaches have predominantly got daughters, not sons. So the, the the key to all that is if you can handle teenage daughters, you can handle forty five footy players. So that's um, so that that's just again another very interesting trait. Um, the other one is you know thirty 
33% of these coaches have been successful have all been teachers. They've had a teaching background. Um, so, so when you piece it all together, yeah, it's just quite interesting. <laughs> oh, J.A. So get a, teach, get a teaching degree, have daughters, yep. then you can be an AFL coach. Win a premiership, win a premiership and have been in yeah, the system for five years. Player. Okay. Yeah. You must be thrilled that uh, Rob Wiley got in, inducted into the Australian Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, that that was a that was a brilliant thing. He's um, and he was a ripper bloke. He he was one that he he I guess with him and Ross Glendon played a a big part at the very start where they were um, yeah they just had so much experience and um, they've been premiership players. So yeah, I don't think you can get any higher than that um, when they talk that the fact that they've been to the big dance. So they really played an integral part. Um, and everyone just learnt off them, especially all the young players. Think, well, this guy's played that now to games, and this is how he prepares himself and takes it seriously. And I think that that rubbed off to that young group that then became very successful in the '92 and '94 premierships. It was really the likes of Glenn Dinning and Turner, um, Malaxis that really sort of um, set some standards for the young ones to very quickly follow. So, yeah, I, I, it was just a great result for Robbie, that's for sure. Thanks for taking our call today. Uh, a blast from the past, the Who Am I on the show yesterday, and a lot of people would love to know the, uh, hear the story and how it's all uh, how it's all going in the John and Nia life, mate. Appreciate your time, and thanks for joining us today. No, no problem at all. Thanks, thanks again. See there, you. There's John Bye. and Nia joining us, of course. He was yesterday's Who Am I? And he's got a wonderful story to tell. And he's uh, got, no, he's crystal balling the premiership in a very different method. Who the winning coach will be. Simon Goodwin, according to all his data. This is Sporting Goss. Head out on the highway. 23 past 11, Sporting Goss. Be careful on those roads. Tom Randall, Tickford Racing's Tom Randall. Still in lockdown and looks like they're going to be that way for some time to come, but he's been kind enough to join us for his regular motorsport segment. Kimmy Raikkonen's called it quits, Tommy. Good morning. Good morning, Goss. Uh, good morning, everyone. Firstly, uh, our lockdown is prolonging as, as long as the Belgian Grand Prix on the weekend, but yeah, like you said, it's uh, a shame. Kimmy Raikkonen, after 18 wins and you know he's been in the category for over, over 15, 16 years, it's it's going to be sad to see him go. I miss, going to miss his one-liners. What about yeah. yourself? Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's my fave. He's my daughter's fave. He's my, well, Daniel Ricciardo's our fave because of a connection to WA. But his dryness, he's no airs and graces. He doesn't go out of his way. He's not a walking, talking billboard. He is just a matter of fact. I love him. I, I, I think he will be missed. Um, and that's what I like about him is there's just no fuss about him. And uh, he drives hard. And I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, look, he... He tells it like it is, doesn't he? And, and he's he certainly proved that he's, he's belonged in Formula 1 over the last nearly 20 years. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who takes over the reins. And I'm sure he'll be lurking around the paddock in some way yeah. uh, for years to come. So, look, I mean, we will miss him on the, on the grid, but I'm sure he'll be at the track for, for a lot of races. Yeah, so so with my as I keep talking about my daughter's obsession with F one, she's an absolute star at it. I, she believes Russell goes to Mercedes. She thinks that um, uh, the bloke that's there now, um, the Finnish bloke, which is name, yeah, yeah, no, no, Latifi, 
Yeah, yeah. Latifi's gone. He's 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 no good. Um, well, he's good, but he's obviously not up to that scratch. The bloke who's on the the, the Mercedes guy who's about to get the bullet. Nick DeVries or Bottas? Bottas, 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 yeah, Bottas. So Valtteri Bottas will either go back to Williams or he could go to maybe to Alfa Romeo. There's going to be a massive shift, isn't there? Um, and 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 the fact is that the other bloke can't get a drive. Is Albon can't get a drive, which is staggering in itself. So it's it's there's still some very good drivers on the cusp, and uh, you've got a feeling that there's going to be a big turnover, I reckon, into the new year, and maybe the cards are starting to fall that way on the back of Kimi Raikkonen's retirement. Well, look, you've even got Oscar Piastri, the, the Australian, who's who's uh, in Formula 2 at the moment, leading the standings, who's, I mean, he, he's, a, he's probably our next Australian Formula 1 driver, uh, but he sort of had the door closed now at at, uh, at Alpine with Alonso re-signing for next year. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe this opens the door for him. We'll have to wait and see. But like you said, there's Alex Albon and there's Nick DeVries, who won the Formula E Championship. He's a Mercedes-backed driver. Williams run Mercedes engines, so like you said, there's a lot to play out over the summer break, and I just hope they announce George Russell really soon, because I think everyone's pretty keen to see that confirmed, that he'll be replacing Bottas in the Mercedes. No doubt he's unlucky, Bottas, but uh, end of the day, I think Russell is a superstar in the making. This is a difficult one. I don't want you to go somewhere which is going to cause a drama. Tom Randall, of course, talking all things motorsport from Tickford Racing. Does Daniel Ricciardo need to get some results before it passes him by in the next 12 months? Well, well, first of all, he needs to have a Grand Prix to have a result. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he had an excellent qualifying, uh, to be fair, at uh, at the weekend at, at, at Spa-Francorchamps where he qualified fourth. I mean, his teammate Lando, to be fair, had the edge over him, but he had that monst- monstrous crash at the start of Q3 in, in the final stage of qualifying and and uh, we never got to see a race because the rain was, was so heavy and they just kept delaying it, delaying it. And it's a shame. It's a shame for all the fans that, that stuck it out there. But at least we've only got, you know, two, two more days or a day until F1 returns at Zandvoort, which is a circuit they haven't been to in over 35 years. So pretty excited to see what they can do. And this might be an advantage for Daniel because no one's on the, on the current grids race there in Formula 1. So it could help him... Get, get up to speed a bit quicker in that McLaren. It was a disaster there at Spa. Um, where are we racing this week? So we're at Zandvoort in the Netherlands. It is a permanent circuit, and like I said, the, the last time Formula One raced there was in 1985. So we haven't raced there in, in the 21st century. So mm. it, it's going to be quite exciting. They've, they've added a, a couple really faint turns. Uh, the turns haven't changed, but they've really made them quite quite steep and angles and banks so expect some extremely fast scoring speeds and I, I can't wait to get stuck into it I just hope that <laughs> we get a race <laughs> we don't have monsoon conditions like like last weekend yeah let's turn our attention to MotoGP and Remy Gardner continues on his winning way yeah that was a phenomenal drive I mean to hang on to the bike for, for that long I mean he, he really just he, he's just absolutely on top of that bike and mm. I mean, he's leading the championship and, and he extended his lead by, you know, 25-odd points. So he's doing everything right, really. He's not putting a foot wrong and it's only going to benefit him when he, when he makes that progression up to MotoGP next year. But, you know, he's just got to keep doing what he does, hit, hit his marks and, and, and stay on the bike. And, and, you know, even Jack Miller, I think that Caddy struggled a little bit on the weekend, but he 
almost uh, nabbed the podium at the final corner. So he finished fourth there, which was good. I mean, he's had a you know a couple of DNFs of late, so hopefully, uh, yeah, we can get a good result at the next round. Talking all things motorsport with Tickford Racing's Tom Randall. We'll get to your E-Series from last night. But the Indy's back again, of course, on the weekend. And it's a busy weekend. It's a triple header. Yeah, well, they're back next weekend uh, at Portland. So three rounds to go. And, uh, yeah, back-to-back weekends, three in a row. So it's going to be super busy. And hopefully, you know, back to road courses. No more ovals for the rest of the year. So um, let's see what... What Scotty can do, and and if he can, yeah, get get a nice result on a road course. But the championship battle, you know, really heating up there. You got Pato Award, uh, who's yeah, just showing his stride at the moment. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, he's right in there as well, and uh, and Alex Palau as well. So it's it's a very close championship, and it's going to come down to the wire, which is what everyone really enjoys. So can't wait for that in a couple of weeks. No doubt about that. All right, I'm I'm having a look at the. Leaderboard of the E-Series, Stanaway, Payne, Waters, Piastri, Kostecki, Di Pasquale, O'Keefe, Kostecki, LeBrock, Tom Randall, top 10. <laughs> well, what do, you, what do you know, huh? I mean, did you watch this week or not, Goss? Tom Randall, top 10. <laughs> yeah, what do you know? Did no, you watch this week no, or not? No, because you... Promise me you would message me to remind. I'm a very, very busy man on a Wednesday. Hey, it's the same time every week. Eight yeah, thirty okay. the race for okay. our time. Six thirty okay. p.m. You wouldn't be. You wouldn't be in bed by then, would you? <laughs> Not far off it. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, six thirty next Wednesday. Right, lock me in. Lock me in. Yeah. So, ha- so how'd you go Wednesday last night? Next week. How'd you go? Good. Yeah, we finished. Yeah, finished ninth in the race. So we're we're ninth in the championship. So. Nice. I think we've, we've got the pace to be top five, so we're just trying to avoid the carnage next Wednesday. But we're actually racing in the in the next-gen NASCARs uh, on Sweet. Wednesday night, so next Wednesday night at Daytona, so can't wait for that. Oh, well, I can't wait for it either. Hey, news is upon us. Appreciate your time. Always like chatting to you. Thanks to McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. Stay safe over there. You sound like you're on your road. What, what are you doing? Why are you on the road? Aren't you meant to be locked up like a caged animal? I should be, yeah. I've got an appointment that I have to go to, which okay. which is essential. So, And you know what? It, I'll tell you what, us Victorians, us Melburnians are missing out on some beautiful weather. So hopefully, yeah, everyone can uh, stay safe and we yeah. can be out of this mess real soon. Write it out, mate. Write it out. You'll be right. And uh, just think of how good it's going to be when life gets back to normal. Appreciate your time and uh, travel safe. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Stay safe, everyone. He's our man, Tom Randall, talking all things motorsport. Time to get the latest Kia news. Thanks to the team's uh, Jones Boys Bunbury Kia. Great people, and I mean great. Like, I mean, like, next-level great. They are great people at Jones Boys Bunbury Kia. Amazing cars. That's just secondary. Great people first, amazing cars second. Put them together, and you've got the daily double. Jones Boys Bunbury Kia. Time for news. Kia news for the Jones Boys Bunbury Kia. Great people, amazing cars, if I haven't told you that already. Uh, what's his name? Um, Sits pass had another long loo break after losing the third set against Frenchman Manorino. Manorino, pardon? Toilet with break went for eight minutes. Ah, oh, he's done number two. There's no doubt. It's eight minutes. He can't. Yeah, that'll just take to go to the toilet nowadays. Anyway, uh, Manorino, so the Frenchman, had won the third set 7-6 and clearly was unhappy, clearly unhappy about the toilet break. He lost six love in the fourth 
So, uh, yeah, there's a bit going on there. Uh, got some uh, French Open, um, French Open, US Open scores. I was talking about the Frenchman, Manorino. I've got some scores for you. Simona Halep defeated uh, Kokova 6-3, 6-1. So these are uh, results from today, and this is on the Arthur Ashe Stadium. Osaka got through over uh, Danilikov of Serbia. It was a walkover. Danilikov uh, did not get onto the court. Medvedev, the second seed, beat Kupfer of Germany, 6-4, Sloane Stevens beat Coco Goff. Um, Sloane Stevens, of course, is a major winner. Uh, de- defeated the 21 seed, uh, Coco Goff, 6-4, Manorino and Sitsipas, we just saw that was a four-set win to Sitsipas, the third seed from Greece. Uh, Muguruza, uh, the ninth seed, defeated Petkovic, 6-4, 6-2 in the women's. Azarenka defeated Paolini of Italy, 6-3, 7-6. Tiafo from the US defeated Pella of Argentina in straight set, 6-1, 6-2, Krakova, the eighth seed, beat Mikhail of the US, 6-3, 6-1. On Louis Armstrong uh, Arena, what a wonderful world. Uh, the match was cancelled between Kerber and Kalanina. Cancelled? Anyway, don't know. What, can you do some? Yeah, yeah what? Yeah. Bad weather, was it? A tornado. Blo- uh, so... Thank you. So Kalanina got blown away. <laughs> Radio Rublev uh, beat Martinez uh, in four sets. Sabalenka, the second seed, beat uh, Zaranasek of Slovakia, 6-3, 6 uh, this is uh, beat Masarova, 6-2, um, I think, didn't our bloke win? Um, I thought our bloke had a win. Um, what's his name? Um, um, uh, what's he guy's name? Yen? Who? No, no, not Demon or the other bloke. Um, um, oh, oh, what's his name? Oh, he's good. He, I'm sure we had a win. The Aussie had a win. I'm having a mental break. I saw his name. Yes! Dimitrov, four love, retired hurt in the third set. Did you know Dimitrov went out for a long time with Maria Sharapova? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 23 away from 12. You know what it pays to do when you've been around this game for a long time? No. <laughs> it pays to actually prep before you actually start talking. Because <laughs> I had Pepperin's, I had Popperin's name on the screen the whole time and then I started providing other results, you know, Isaka and Medvedev and Halep and all that. And in the end, I lost Popperin's name. It disappeared off the top of my head. Anyway, that happens. Those things happen oh when you boy. get to, to my job. I know. Uh, thanks to Tommy Randall, McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for a nausea. Don't forget, it is roasted in Melbourne, crafted by Barista Smooth Rich and with a hint of sweet berry. Not far away, Riley Morgan's going to join us, of course. Riley Morgan. He's got a winner or three. They are racing at Northam today, so if you are heading up to the Avon Valley, or as I like to say, the Avon, um, then um, do you remember the? Um, you wouldn't remember this, Chris. The um, the the A um, Avon lady. Do you know what the Avon lady is? So the Avon lady used to come around with perfume and makeup, and they used to knock on your door, and they used to bring a little booklet around, and they come in, they knock on your door, and it's not a pyramid scheme. No, it's not. People just come and buy stuff. No, it's not a pyramid scheme. I was in a pyramid scheme once <laughs> when I was in Sydney with a very high-profile 
daughter of a very high-profile media magnate, and she was running it. And I got to co-pilot, which was the next man in line, and it fell apart just as I was about to receive the tickets to the plane and the ka-ching, ka-ching. 1988. Cost me four large. I know, back then. I saved up big coin back then. Anyway. I know. Tell me about it. Anyway. No, the Avon lady was legit and probably still is. She got little, she had little booklets and she'd go around and she'd show the product and the smells and the makeups and the lipsticks and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, hey, Peter Vlahos walked in, I noticed, and he, he liked the, um, the roster station, the petrol roster station story. That's in his wheelhouse, Pete. That's his vintage. We'll get a breakaway. It's 22 to 12. 13, 12, 55 has been a very popular number today and 0487 736 736. Get your pen and paper ready because we have got Life of Riley, Riley Morgan. If you haven't been following this bloke's tips, seriously, you are cray-cray, which is short for crazy, okay? He has been tipping the joint down. Huge winners. He's got a winner today at Northam. He's got a couple of winners in store for us for Belmont on Saturday. Get your pen and paper ready. Life of Riley, the hottest racing tipster in town, is next. It is 20 to 12. You are listening to Sporting Goals. Love Thursdays. Why? Because we get this man on. He is the hottest tipster in town. He gets the crystal ball out. He gives it a polish and he prepares himself for Saturday. Last week, Riley Morgan, giant leap. Not quite the winner, but still in the money. Gun, metal, grey, your best. Tick, red dwarf each way. Tick, captain chaos the win. Tick, cliffs of comfort would lead. Gave up late, but still was very close. Tick, everything you touched, and then you threw out a winner at Northam as well, Arcadia Grace. Got added to a nice juicy odds of $1.70. You, my friend, are on fire. Put yourself out. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a good month. Obviously, the uh, the wheel can turn pretty quickly in this caper, but uh, we're riding the highs of it at the moment. Mate. Why so, not? Yeah, good. Why not? Well, everyone's keen, so they've got their pen and paper ready. Now, we're going a bit light on for Saturday. It's a, obviously a bit of rain around. We don't exactly know what track conditions are going to be, but we go to race four for your best of the day, and you've got a watching brief on another. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Roman Flirt and I've always thought that he'd eventually be winning Saturday races. And this looks a really nice kickoff point to do just that. Comes out of a really strong win at Northam in a Class 5 last start when giving weight to and sprinting past the sharp lone hand Larry, whose form you can tie in with impressive last Saturday winner, Captain Chaos. Drawn perfectly, Pike can settle her just in behind the front pair with a smother and the rise up to the mile third up suits her to a T. There's a lot of sort of dour stayers resuming in this field. And the main danger, one who I feel is far less effective on a softer deck. The Pierce brothers have really got their tails up with the stable flying over the past sort of 10 days or so. And Roman Flirt can definitely give them another to add to the tally. I think there'll be some money around for a couple of other runners here and was hoping for something probably north of $3, which we aren't currently seeing. But... uh Patience is a virtue, Goss, and confident you'll see better on the day. All righty. So race for Roman Flirt. Don't get too early. Just wait for the day uh, to get your odds. But you do like one if there is a bit of value to beat it. Uh, maybe we could quinella it up or play some novelties around Seminole Brave. 
Yeah, I think Seminole Brave is the main danger. Going to get the dream run, leaders back from one. Really liked his run last start in a very strong race behind Brave Dream, who has gone on with it since, and Mr. Delegator. I think the mile's his best trip. Gets a nice little bit of weight off and will definitely prove to be the testing material. I just have my doubts over whether he truly goes on a wet track and that he would definitely appreciate it being as dry as possible before Saturday with not a lot of rain forecast between now and then. All righty, let's go to race six on the program, one of your uh, tips for the weekend here at Belmont. Could be a big day for the Lane Stable Saturday, but La Farola is probably the one that stands out the most for me. Looked just about home and hosed first up before the big striding notorious one found some room and gunned her down late. Bearing in mind that those two put a fair space on the rest of them there. Parnham back on to big positive, as is the map. Looks to be a really genuine tempo here with horses the likes of Kelly's Callisto, Harry Thomas and Magnaforce only knowing one way. Chris should be able to just smother her up in behind them. Her condition fresh might have just peaked a little late on there and with that added race fitness under her belt and a plum run in transit. I just don't think there's anything in this field that can go with her late that will hold as tactical a field position. With some other sharper types, more than likely going to be right out the back. This looks another nice investment on a relatively tough early card to delve through, especially with the question marks over the conditions and the state of the track. All righty. So race four, Roman Furt, the best. Watch with seven old brave play of the novelties around those two. And race six, La Farola. That's for Saturday for our man life of Riley Morgan. Have you got a winner for us uh, up there at Northern today, up there at the Avon Valley? Of course, you threw up a winner last week, uh, Arcadia Grace, and it just won like a good thing. It's a bona fide superstar in the making. Is Hoover any good? Yeah, I think I think Hoover should be winning race two today, Goss. I thought that uh, trialled up really nicely, and uh, with Sean McGrady in the saddle, who is riding very well, apart from his ride in the last yesterday. We <laughs> won't speak about that one. So... Yeah, I'm willing to take on Pikes in that race, the Grandalana Williams horse. I'm not sure it's as brilliant as the ones they've been sort of wheeling out lately. And I think he should get the money for SJ Miller. All righty, Hoover should be blowing them away in the last. And uh, let me just have a quick look here for uh, Shooter McGrady. He is riding extremely well at the moment. You're dead right. He was on just peach. Well, he was caught three deep. What could he have done? Yeah, I don't know, boss. I thought there was maybe a chance to slot in there. Yeah, I know. Uh, I reckon that horse on his inside was sort of half-carding a little bit, and I reckon it was keeping yeah. him honest anyway. Shooter's a good man. He's in good form, and he will be listening. So I'll make sure it gets back to him. Appreciate your time, great man. Have a good one, and you are in red-hot form, and go the Mighty Tigers. Thanks as always, Goss. Cheers, mate. Riley Morgan, life of Riley. Get them down. This bloke is a tipping machine. Roman Flirt, best bet Saturday with a watch on Seminole Brave in race four. Race six, La Farola. And if you're having a tickle today up at the Avon Valley, always gamble responsibly. Hoover, race two. Life of Riley, Sporting Goss. All righty, breaking news. Don't say we don't break the news first here. Might have to, you know that bit where I said take it to the bank, Ross Lyon will be coaching in 2022. <laughs> we might have to sort of shelve that, I think, delete that from the system. Ross Lyon has officially withdrawn from the coaching race of Carlton. Apparently not happy with the process being changed. Got a feeling oh Luke Sayers, yeah, I know. I got a feeling Luke Sayers might have got ahead of himself a bit and said, Ross, uh, I think you're a shoe in. And all of a sudden they said, ah, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. So uh, they said, beep, beep. Beep, beep, back the truck up. 
Mr. Lyon, you do not have to take the job uh, without having to go through the process. I think the process would have been a little bit of an expose, unfortunately, and I don't think uh, Ross was happy to go through that process. So Ross Lyon has informed, uh, of course, Luke Sayers, the president, his mate from the Carlton Football Club, that he will not go through the process. So we're back to square one. Carlton, it is a disaster. And Adam Chera has started meeting Melbourne-based clubs this week. He's done a bit of quarantine over there, of course, or he's doing it on Zoom one way or the other. Anyway, he is um, certainly looking forward to He's in Perth. He's staying here. So he's meeting all of the clubs via video links. Of course, they're all trying to work out the salary cap and the trade assets and the like. But Adam Chera clearly is in the mix to end up at Carlton. At Carlton, anyway. Uh, all the very best. Uh, yeah, now that Ross is gone, he's certainly now uh, shortened his odds a little bit more because little uh, I don't know, Ross wants to deny it, but uh, the mail is very strong that there was no love lost between the two or, in particular, Ross made uh, that Adam wasn't all that happy with the style of Ross line. But anyway, that'll be played out in the future. Spoke to my mum who uh, messaged in. Yes, the Avon lady. I think it was Mrs. No, was it Mrs. Watson? Might have been Mrs. Watson, Vivian who wished to live around the corner from us was the Avon lady, and my mum remembers her. I think it was Mrs. Watson her name was. Stand corrected on that. Anyway, uh, but um, Westy from Denmark, he's messaged in. He said, I'll let the Avon slide, <laughs> but once you start pumping up Amway on air, I'm done. <laughs> uh, very cool. Very, very cool. He's got a song called On the Pine. When, do we, when are we going to hear that? We're going to hear the On the Pine tomorrow. Is there any chance we're going to hear a bit of it if I go to a break now? Can we hear a bit of On the Pine briefly before we leave the show? Is there a chance? All right. Let's take a break. It's eight minutes to 12. Westy, you're down in Denmark listening on the app. Westy, uh, we'll try and get On the Pine, one of your new hits. And Mike from Palmyra, morning, guys. Who writes your material? It's all my own stuff. This on the is Sporting Goss. <laughs> Wenchy in the best warmers. <laughs> That's a good name. Westy in the bench warmers from Denmark in the south with On the Pine. Oh, I can see the vision now of Connor Blakely running around after <laughs> nine medical subs. Nice work, Westy. We'll have to get you in the studio if you're up this way around grand final week. We're going to do something a little different here in the SENWA studios and hopefully you're a part of that. Just repeating the news, Ross Lyon has withdrawn from the coaching race after the change of the way they were doing things. It's being reported online. So uh, 
For those who said that taking to the bank, he'll be coaching in 2022. We'll just shelve that. I think we just want to put that one away. We won't be pulling that out anytime soon. Ah. Anyway, and Adam Chera has started uh, doing some online interviews with some of the Melbourne clubs. Carlton clearly at the top of the tree. Gilly's been in touch because that's what he does twice a week. Uh, tomorrow morning between 6 and 8, he has got Picky Ronting. That's right. The former Australian captain, Picky Ronting, will be his guest. Can't wait for that. 7 o'clock. Gaddy Lyon is going to join us to talk all things finals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary Lyon. Um, what else have we got, mate? What else have we got coming up? Oh, good chat. Okay, good chat's always a uh, just a a a, um, a given for. Um, oh, we've got, we've got the quiz in the morning. So the, the the subjects for Gilchrist tomorrow morning, everybody. So we get he he got last week. He got um, cricket minnows. He got cheese, and he got music of the eighties. Tomorrow, his topics are infamous sporting moments. Sporting Grounds or Academy Awards? That's tomorrow between 6 and 8 here on SEN WA 657 Track, SEN Spirit or on SEN Peel the Dab. And don't forget, tomorrow night I'll be calling the action. Can't wait. Finals time. Giants versus Cats. Catch you tomorrow from 6 in the morning. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Alex. And thank you. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91